0: You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Richard Fifield, founder and
1: director at Realize. How are you doing today, Richard? Hey, I'm great, all good. I'm delighted to be on your podcast, Ray, and of course it's Friday and the weather's looking good for the weekend. Absolutely, nothing to complain about. So, you and I know each other quite
0: a lot. In fact, you've been uh, you've been advising me for a little while. You've been taming me, as we like to say, from time to time. You've been helping me to be a sounding board and all that sort of great stuff. And today we will be speaking about how to coach founders effectively. But before we get going, um, for the people who do not know you, would you mind just introducing yourself, what you've done in the past, and what you are doing also at Realize? So, introducing Realize in the same go, please.
1: Sure. So, hi, everyone. I'm Richard Fifield. i uh, done many years of... Um, I describe it as coaching, mentoring, and advising founders, entrepreneurs, owner-managed uh, businesses and, and people managing those businesses, um, primarily to help them either start, grow, or help it successfully, but sometimes just keep on being successful. Started way back in accounting, very dull in small and international firms, uh, worked through due diligence and corporate finance, uh, worked on lots of corporate finance deals of every conceivable type. Uh, been involved in running a, a a large financial outsourcing business, which was uh, led to being in a global network. So went around the world, saw the different countries and cultures. Um, had roles in consultancy, uh, helping businesses to grow. Been board member, a board member of many times, still still are uh, non-exec and, and a public company director. So really, underneath all of these wonderful um, job titles, I, I had a massive interest in pe- interest in people and how certain people achieve more impact than others. So along the way, I started to train myself and get trained on a lot of psychology related areas, and I still could train today on on sort of behaviour psychology, um, and that led into coaching. And that then led into um, further roles around working on strategy, board performance, and helping uh, good people progress their careers within um, small or large businesses, to be honest. Um, And that eventually led, about 12 years ago, into starting uh, Realize Capital. And Realize Capital is here to help, we call it ambitious entrepreneurs um, or ambitious founders, to start, scale, and um, exit their business. The differentiator for us is that we tend to go on the journey with these founders and help them move up the growth curve as opposed to giving a point piece of advice. And what seems to resonate with people is the mix of wild, 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 that could be it, Freudian slip, wide business experience plus technical excellence. We try and say it's technically excellent. We're very professional in what we do, but plus the emotional support that we provide to the founders along that growth journey. And the coaching is is my way of providing that emotional support. And it seems to be working um, with the people that we, uh, that we engage with. So here I am, Richard Fifield. I coach, I do a bit of mentoring and advise founders, business owners, senior teams to primarily help them to improve their business situation towards a business goal. So that's absolutely. pretty good yeah absolutely that's exactly
0: what you're doing for us so i can uh, i can vet for your vet for your introduction so forbes has described coaching as a secret startup superpower you know that can help founders accelerate their business growth and develop their skills I, i'd like you to share your opinion as to why is the right type of coaching so important when it comes to founders? because obviously coaching could be all across your company and you could coach Accountants, you could coach salespeople, you could coach marketing people, but you know, founders are kind of that sort of mm. species. Uh, that and particularly ambitious in ambitious startup, um that, that may be a little bit more complex to approach. So I'd like to understand, you know, the, the, the type of coaching. What's the right type of coaching?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Is this the right question, I'm thinking? It might be reframed as can coaching help founders or or business owners achieve their goals, whatever their goals are. Mm. But the answer for me is in terms of um, coaching in respect to founders, the answer is everyone can benefit from coaching to help access more of their potential. And why wouldn't you? Um, There's enough evidence out there to show that that coaching works. Um, The old cliche of you need a coach because you are struggling, I think is gone or going. I think that 's a thing of the past now. everyone sees it's an opportunity to to improve what they 're doing or better themselves. however, um, one thing I, I did want to mention here Ray is is just get clear on what coaching is we 've got these terms coaching, mentoring, advising, consulting, therapy, um, counseling they 're all often and they can be used interchangeably. Um, And My way of looking at this is to be clear on these different terms. And so coaching, uh, I think, is a a set of processes and tools to support somebody on their journey to maximize their potential. And it's really getting that person to be better able to use their internal sort of resources to move forward, um, perhaps overcoming some sort of limiting beliefs. And it's more about asking great questions of the person. Um, Mentoring is more Context-driven and about sharing the mentor's expertise and knowledge. So, you know, you tend to go in this situation. I've been around the block many times, and this is what I would do. The coach is very much around. How can you find the answer to this question and move forward? Um, Advising is really the expert in the room. You should be able to find and execute on a solution. Um, I won't go into therapy and counselling in this in this discussion, but you know, sometimes you have a more serious position, actually, and you may need to go to those sorts of places. But the theory is that coaching is more powerful um, because it's empowering you to find the resources within yourself to do something and move forward. Um, And A good example of that is when you're working with founders, if you actually keep saying to them, how I would do it, and whether you use that language or not, it's all about how I would, you know, I've been here. You should do it this way. You should do it this way. You often hit roadblocks, and they don't. They start not to listen to you, or they don't do what you're doing. However, if you start to get under the skin of them and say, um, you know, if you had all of the resources you had, you, you, you that are available to you right now, how would you solve this solution? Yeah. And often you get a more thoughtful, processed kind of response, and it often unlocks them and moves them forward. So you need to be clear on what you're using with the founder. So my version of the right type of coaching to answer your question is as a business coach to fight, to use the right mix of coaching, mentoring and advising to help right. you get to where you want to get to. So. Yeah. You know it's it's just being you know I, i'm not it's i'm pretty agnostic on on the, on the on the coaching i mean i do coach people in sales situations or you know when they're looking at a a, a difficult conflict situation um but you, you know you you just need to choose your tool and your method appropriately yeah and, and, and as an example um so yesterday i was in a meeting with co-founders and the realized job was to provide support to the founders and, and their board to agree and deliver on a business plan, nice and straightforward. So we used some coaching when discussing confidence issues around the the co-founders because they were really worried whether they could actually deliver on their roles of CEO and and and, and Chief People Officer, and could they achieve the business plan? But then we used mentoring when it was talking around sales strategies and pipeline management, and then advising when we had to look at a cash flow and figure out how much resource they had to keep going and, and use their cash effectively. So the big learning for me over the years is the coaching uh, process is often the oil that keeps the founders lubricated or empowered to deal with the day-to-day business challenges. So it's around circumstances about what's the right time. So I think it's around the mix of styles that you use to get the right result.
0: I try to be a coach myself to my team, and as you know, because we, we you and I have spoken to that uh, a lot, you know, it's, it's feeling a little bit of insecurity sometimes, because I'm like, God, I can't coach. I keep mm-hmm. on jumping in the advisor role, because mm-hmm. I feel that I don't have the time. And if you come to me with a problem, instead of asking you what you would do if you had all the right resources, as you just mentioned, so you kind of turn it back to them, so you make them think, I will go straight into the solution. Let me fix it, mm-hmm. right? I know. I think I know better, and I'm going to try to fix it. And I'm still, I'm still chasing that 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 devil at the moment. You know, it's just like trying to get that off my head and thinking, God, you know, okay, what do they want? Yeah. And they come. The the way I look at it now, and I think you and I spoke about it, is like, well, if someone comes to me, do they want to vent? And basically, I'm just going to listen to them. And a great example of that, I was in in Chicago, just getting to the airports kind of walking with my phone, my headset headset is not fully really working. But I'm calling my wife who's telling me that she's got something going on at work, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't really hear what she's saying. I'm waiting for my luggage. I'm trying to find the belt on which she would be, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> Five minutes later, I'm like, Okay, I don't really know what she's talking about. So I'm gonna just say nothing. That's so bad. Because if she asked me a question, if I was listening, I'm done. And then she said, You, you know what, that was so good to talk to you. <laughs> it's so good that you didn't jump in. I feel so much better now. Thank you so much. Oh my God, that was good.
1: Mm.
0: And I'm like, wow. Because trust me, if we would have known, and particularly because he was related to work, I would have probably jumped in with my opinion as to what the manager is doing or whatever. So that's mm. somewhat venting. Okay. And some yeah. people just want that. And then people want fixing. So that's that's what the people I like because, you know, they come to you and you feel good when you are giving them solutions. But I feel now that the people that come to you and get solution, unfortunately, what you are doing, you're not giving them a favor by fixing their issue. And sometimes advising too much could come in, in in my eyes. And I'd like your opinion on that in a minute, but could come as a, as a contrary of coaching, because if you give your, the solution too quickly, you then do not allow people to have that sort of thought process of looking for the solution themselves. Yeah, you may as well have it. Okay, and so, but sometimes you know people come from fixing, and now I'm trying to keep them at at arm length when someone comes to to me for fixing because actually it could be a bit of complacency. I'm mm. gonna go to him and just gonna get for advice, and and now I'm trying to I'm trying to turn it into more of, you know I guess what you've been doing with me, which is well, but what would you do? Mm. What are your sources? What are your options? What happens if you do nothing? What happens if you do something? Mm. You know what happens if you fail you know and, and asking all these questions I think actually help people to develop, and then the last part is obviously the coaching well 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 where it's quite interesting, but uh, what do you think about that contrast of advising and coaching and you know yeah. if it too quickly could come into the the, the yeah. way of
1: developing so do do you agree or well, I think it's the nub of the whole issue here, and remember we are talking about or I'm talking about more business coaching, yeah. And and most coaching is attached to goals. You know, you you tend to set a goal or a destination with a client or a coach, as it's called. It's a really interesting conflict in the sense that business is under real pressure. You've got to move quickly. You've got to get stuff done. Competitors, you know, are snapping at your heels. So often, the best way to run a business is to be very advisory, mentoring. Right? Come on, we've got to fix it. Crack on. This is the way I do it. Move on. You know, get this. People like to learn. Um, and most learning is around just watching somebody else and copying what they're doing. So that can be really, really useful. So, And that's probably most of the time in a business. However, there are times when the business gets a bit stuck or an individual gets a bit stuck and that fixing style isn't working or people aren't listening or the business isn't moving forward as it should be. So you look around and you go, well, what, what, what else can I do? And that's when you might use um maybe an outside mentor, let's do the middle one. This so you've been advising and fixing, let's get a mentor in and a, a sales mentor might come in who's built another great sales organization and they give you a sort of boost, a sort of injection in your arm to go, right, here's some new sales ideas, away you go again. And you move forward and the business gets competitive. But then it's suddenly. You still you get stuck again, and you're starting to say, actually, that person is not doing well in the role. I'm struggling myself. I'm having a work-life balance crisis. I'm, you know, I'm losing my confidence. I don't. Something's not right here, and that's when the coaching can often help because it's a different process, and it's really about standing back. and Your your experience with your wife is. One of the great things around the power of coaching is you don't actually have to say anything most of the time, and you can just listen. And if you are a good listener, the the coachee or the client goes, wow, that was really important for me because I just wanted a safe space. And I would use that phrase actually, a safe space to talk where I'm not going to be judged, and I'm not going to be told what to do, and I can just run my mind, you know, bring bring the stuff in my mind out into the open. And if you start to talk about things in the open, you tend to find kind of ways to move forward. So, I think there's a it's so difficult, and also you've got to be quite good and have been trained to do some some really good coaching because you can't just. Be a coach overnight, although we can all have a go at it, we just need to listen, which is fantastic. So yeah, I think there's there's a great adage in the in the in um, this kind of world that says taming your advice monster, and there's some guys, a guy that's write a lot of books around that. Um, and that's part of it, you tame your advice mon- monster, you stand back, you ask some intelligent questions, and you often get people to move forward much more quickly. So, yeah you know, advising a lot of the time because it's business mentoring, yeah, you know, telling you what to do It's a, that can really push people forward. But sometimes coaching is the way to get um, to get progress.
0: Another thing is that obviously, you've got the, the people element, but you've got the company's element. So and in particular, with the type of organization you work with, which are pretty much like, you know, startups or startups wanting to be a scale up or scale up wanting to go IPO or wanting to get to an exit or all sort of great things. So, I, I'd like to move the conversation more towards the, the different stages of growth, because I would expect that, I mean, in my experience, you know, the, the the gap of confidence sometimes comes from the fact that you've got to go to the next step on the staircase. And and it's exactly what you were saying at the outset of the conversation, you know, with your meeting yesterday, where you had those two, those two founders around the table and they look at the business plan for next year. And then like, Oh my God, this is, this is a stressful one. And, and that can, Hurt a little bit, particularly when you just look at the end, and don't focus on the process. But I'd like your opinion on the different stages that you've seen from a company perspective, and what are the common challenges that you've seen uh, a different growth
1: stage, basically? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's a really good question. Um, and right at the start of your, your question there, you were talking about Everyone was different, and I do think everyone does come to a, a situation completely different and unique. They have a whole set of life experiences that you can never replicate because the dynamics are just huge. Um, however, having said that, there are um, particular themes, if I put it like that, that emerge as you're going through that um, growth journey from start to scale to exit, and then keeping the business going, um, it, it's staying successful. Um, so. So some of these themes that arise. So in the startup phase, um, it's really you know it's the unconscious incompetence. You know I've got a real passion, I've got a great idea, I'm cracking on with everything, but I just simply don't know what to do next and what's around corners. And you often um, take a more mentoring approach in that in that example where you just say, look, actually watch out. If you don't sort your finances out or you don't get your cash sorted out or you don't you know, pay attention to people or whatever, you are gonna hit a big kind of problem later on. So there's this kind of not knowing uh, what happens. And so there's a lot of just saying, right, let's just look at what might be around the next corner and let's plan for it. Um, another big thing in the early stage is How do I actually get the business away from me? Because I'm the first person that started. I may be one or two or three, but as I get a little bit of growth, how do I actually get um, take all of that role accountability away from me and start to delegate? And so you really have that big issue about you know how do you recruit your first employee? How do you make that talent work? Because it's often a big cash here, it's a big risk. How do you then sort of delegate some of your role to the next person? So. It's that kind of thing at the start level. There's also conflict in your head. Was this the right thing that I really wanted to do? Can I really grow this business? Can I manage all of these horrible things that hit me from sales, operations, people, et cetera? So very much a, um, very much coaching the individual here because it's their business and they are so inextricably linked with the business. Um, and, and it's more about giving them confidence to say, don't worry, everyone has been in your position. You know be comfortable with not knowing what you don't know we're here and others are here just to help you along that journey and just keep the faith basically keep doing good sensible sound business practices and keep your passion alive and it'll be okay so that's the sort of start stage when you get into the growth stage of course suddenly everything's you know there's a lot more to play for here you're probably a bit bigger you may be growing you may have bigger problems But there's probably more people around. And now you start to get conflicts appearing, and conflict is the thing that a lot of the coaching is around. So I've got a conflict with my founders. Suddenly, that founder I started with isn't quite good enough to grow the business, or indeed, I might not be good enough to grow the business. So I'm sort of, you know, there's lots of arguments happening or. Arguments by um, you know walking away and not not actually engaging and, and communication drops off. Maybe your shareholders, you might have raised some money by this time. They also might be conflicting, saying, "Well, actually, you're not growing enough." Or this isn't going in the right way. You tend to often, you might be a bit older as well as you grow. You have work-life balance things that get in the way. Family often gets in the way. And you're trying to balance that sort of you know, juggling getting back to see a, maybe a new baby or a new spouse or something like that. And so there's lots of conflicts appearing. And then you're in that great position. The only way to grow a business 99% of the time is letting go. And delegation is really heightened at that point. You've got to find smarter people than yourself, probably, to grow the business on. So you've got to become the best person at finding, attracting, and retaining talent, which may not have been the reason you started it. You may be a techie. You may be a, a sales guy. Suddenly, it's a heightened kind of um, need to, to manage people. And then you've got the pressure on you of you will inevitably hit a crisis as you grow. The risk that you brought, you built up as a startup, comes back to bite you. You know, maybe it's cash, maybe it's a client issue, maybe it's a people issue, and you've got to drag yourself through all of these kind of crises in inverted commas because every business has them. And then you hit resilience, imposter syndrome, confidence, those sorts of things surface in the growth stage. And then finally, I think at this stage, you've got to get into this scale up thinking. And I don't know, Ray, we've spoken about changing your, your, your thinking from scale, uh, startup to scale up. But in the scale up mode, it's all about smarter people, smarter processes, smarter tech to drive that to kind of, um, to power the growth that you might get if you continue to sell. And often that isn't the skill of the, of the founders. You know, you didn't drive the business, didn't start the business because you were brilliant at process. or maybe you were a techie or you were brilliant people, you just had a brilliant idea. So it's a different sort of um, coaching required at that stage. You might also be questioning whether you should be staying in the business at this point. So there's a a should I stay or should I go type of um, coaching as well. So that's when you get into growth, exit's a bit easier in the sense that that question of should I stay or should I go comes to the fore so should I continue on this journey because I love it and I can build it much bigger, or actually this is an opportunity for me to jump off and realise some 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 cash or get back my energy and time because energy is all, is is decreasing often through this journey because it gets tougher and tougher. Um, so and here as well more and more conflicts with shareholders, investors, potential buyers. So the coaching there is often around um, that point of. Look, is it my baby, and do I really want to go on with it, or actually, am I the right person? And there's something better for me to go on to. So it's that type of coaching. So that's the sort of, you know, sort of headlines of where you might take someone on the journey.
0: That's super useful, super useful, and uh, definitely something. Some of the the example that you use definitely see myself uh, having having gone through the the process. So 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 some of those challenges are universal, um, you know, and, and they will be company based. We spoke about the individual. Now, I'd like to move to something slightly different. You know, nationality, gender. So, for example, let's let's look at gender for one. I know, that you and I spoke about it. But do you believe that female and male founders need to be coached differently because of their gender, or, or
1: do you think it's, everything should be based on the personality? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and it's a it's a somewhat tricky area. Um, I, I, as a precursor to the answer, I think. Generally, in the past, the world has been dominated in biased towards men i don 't there 's any doubt about that, um, and this has a bearing on the coaching uh, for the for the people that come forward, be they men or, or women um, but that 's certainly changing, and I, I think accelerating for the better uh, and this includes for ethnic minorities as well so the, the world is becoming more i hope more balanced and uh, and and everyone has the opportunity um, to progress towards you know the destination of their choice, and I think that is getting easier. Although, it's there's still a way to go. But the thing around female uh, founders or gender, I just take the position of not a male or a female. It, it's it's actually the person and the human that you start with and you start coaching. Um, and but they bring with them their life experiences. And so they may have particular issues around being, for example, a female founder. An issue of I can't raise money because people don't take me seriously. That type of um, um, sort of of issue. But I I always just take the view that they're a human being and they're a person. And uh, because I work with lots of female founders, this week I've I've been working with four female founders, and the issues are wide and varied. And it's not a it's not a done deal that all female founders uh, find it difficult to raise money. It's not a done deal that. All female founders can't manage work-life balance. You know, it, 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 they're all very different characters, and as all the men are that that, that I coach, and you've just got to listen to what the particular issue is, and then find a way a way through it. At the end of the day, you're treating everyone with, I hope, tolerance, respect, dignity, and just trying to do your best to help them move forward. And and there is a there is a bit of. Um, uh, imposter syndrome, which is a typical thing that's raised at this point that floats around that because I'm a certain person, I'm going to have a difficult time. And actually, some of that is a limiting belief. Um, it's not necessary that if you're an ethnic minority or a female founder or you're old, for example, whatever it might be, that you might necessarily face some of the cliché things that you uh, that you hear about. So I tend to be coaching the person, not the gender, race or whatever. But I do accept that there are some significant things in there that you have to that you have to be aware of.
0: what What advice would you've given while coaching someone to to a founder? Is there specific areas where people struggle the most from your perspective? Yeah. and also is there people are there founders that actually want to be coached
1: but actually don't
0: respond to coaching?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know is everybody coachable? I, I think they probably are. But there is, a, particularly at my part of coaching, business coaching, if somebody just is un, doesn't want to be coached, you know, you, at my experience, you move on quickly. Um, but generally, nowadays, people are far more receptive to coaching. It's a really interesting one because the question is framed about giving advice. I think you mentioned the word advice. To yes. Them. Now, theoretically, the coaching type of process is not around advice. The mentoring and, and obviously the advising is, is around advice. Um, and actually what's hard for one person is not necessarily hard for another. So there's lots of dynamics in this. But might, might, to answer the question, from a business coaching perspective, I think the biggest thing that founders find difficult or advice to take is letting go. And it's letting go of their role, of being involved with everything, of decision making, of of their equity uh, or their or their, their reward, um, letting go of the business if if they need to sell it or part of the business, or letting go of a uh, of a strategy that's close to their hearts, which may which may not be working. So that whole letting go is something that's particularly difficult um, for for founders and business owners to uh, to take on board. And there's a real sort of dichotomy here that. You don't want founders to take advice readily. You don't want entrepreneurs to take advice readily. You want them to push back. You want them to push the envelope because they're the ones that create new value and new jobs. And so doing the same thing that somebody else did actually may not move the the needle forward and may not create new value. So you want them to push back on you and be tough on you as a coach, mentor, advisor as you might be tough on them to say, you know, we really need to consider this because somehow we're stuck. So I thought, I was thinking about this and just thinking around, several people have asked me this question. And I think coaching is often about creating constructive tension. I think there is a tension in there about should I take this advice, for example, should I let go, should I invest, should I change my behaviour, but I, you know, I'm not sure I want to, and it feels uncomfortable. But it's in that space that the best decisions are made. So we've got to create some tension to get good decisions in the coaching process. So that's what I, I, I that's kind of my style, a little bit more challenging and creating a little bit of constructive tension because I believe that that often moves people forward.
0: No, I agree with you. Bit of friction. It's it's always good to to, to move the needle. Um, so thank you so much for your insight, Richard. Uh, if anyone wants to connect with you, and and you know, for anyone listening. Uh, At Operatics, Richard is is helping us, he's helping me personally, Uh, he's also chairing our board. So uh, he's doing lots of bits and pieces and helping us to to become a little bit more of a scale up uh, as part of the process as we as we as we discuss. But if anyone wants to engage with you, get some coaching, some mentoring, some advising, uh, or, or would like to engage with Realize as a business and see how
1: Realize could help them to 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 get closer to their goal. What's the best way to get hold of you, Richard? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I've got a very simple e- email address. It's Richard at Realize.biz. That's Realize with an S because we're not American and Biz with a Z. Um, obviously, they can get me through you, um or just Google me, Richard Fifield. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, be delighted to, uh, to speak to anyone. Um, And it's really, yeah, it's great to be on the podcast, Ray. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully that was useful.
0: That was super useful. So thank you so much for our time. And yeah, it was great to have you on the show today.
1: Okay. Thanks everyone. Bye. You've been listening to B2B
0: Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your
1: favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.